Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome into BMAS and Beamer here on WBEN. Taking a look at, you know, a beautiful day <laughs> outside. It's so crummy out. I mean, this is like the exact day that I, uh, it's my least favorite type of day. It's like, a, it's not freezing, it's just kind of cold. It's blah. It's blah. Is it's that the word? Damp. It's you know something like that. Not, you know, not it, the greatest. It might not be a great day out your window, but it's a great hour on your radio because yeah, we're yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, I, but, I I, I want to pick up on where we left off yesterday, yes. Joe, uh, because we I we got a little more information on what that fan got for the ball yesterday. We were talking about Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. The ball. The receiver Mike Evans gave it to a fan. Yes, un you know wittingly, just you know handed it off. Mike wasn't aware of what was going on. No one's ever thrown for six hundred touchdown passes before. No one may ever do that again. Right. I mean, who knows? So this ball's worth a lot of money. Estimates put it in the range of maybe half a million dollars if this was put up to auction. Wow. I mean, who knows how uh, how much this could fetch? Uh, so the fan was caught, you know, off guard a little bit. Right away, uh, you know, uh, somebody from the sideline went over, hey, can we get the ball back? That's pretty important one to Tom Brady. We'll give you this, this, and this. And the fan gave it back. Well, in exchange for returning the ball, here's what the team gave the fan. Two signed Brady jerseys, a Brady helmet. I don't know if these are. I'm assuming these might be game used. I don't know. I would hope so. A signed Mike Evans jersey. That's who gave him the ball. And game cleats. Two season tickets for the remainder of 2021 and next year. Hopefully the comparable seats to where he was sitting. Yeah, right behind uh, the uh, end zone there. Another game ball and store credit at the uh, team store. So that's what he was offered. And then Tom Brady talked about it last night with Peyton and, and Eli. And this is what Tom Brady had to say about the incident. And there's my boy Tim negotiating with Byron, who... Gave to him. Byron realized he lost all of his leverage once he gave the ball away. He should have held it yeah, and then just get as much leverage as possible. Amateur move. Yeah. Yeah. So, if he would have held it, he would have been sitting in the Tom Brady suite for the rest of the season. But uh, <laughs> amateur move on his part. 
Hey, it, I think it worked out pretty well. It just showed kind of what he got right there from it. But I'm also giving him a Bitcoin, which, I mean, that's pretty cool, too. So at the end of the day, I think he's still making out pretty well. So there you go. Tom Brady thrown in, and he's talking Byron. Byron Kennedy is the name of that Bucks fan who uh, got all that stuff for the touchdown ball. I mean, not making up for $500,000. But Tom no. Brady said yesterday, I, I believe him the way he said it right there. He was on the Monday Night Football broadcast. He's giving the fan a Bitcoin, too. The current price of Bitcoin, I'm, I'm guessing it's a whole Bitcoin, not you know a fraction of one. I hope it's a whole Bitcoin, yes. Um, it's around $63,000. Okay. So, you know, that makes you feel a little bit better if you're the fan. Brings up another question. One... Tom Brady, you would think, would have a better microphone at home. But number two. Why? To do what? He's a pro athlete. To do stuff like that. He's a pro athlete, exactly. He's not a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. He is on. He, he does have a weekly segment on a radio show, and he's shooting. shooting. Uh, oh, I can't say that on the air. He's talking with his friends um, on a Monday football broadcast. But number two, do you keep the Bitcoin or do you go for the instant cash? You probably keep it. I mean, the thing's only gone up and up and up and up and up. I'm, that's an investment, right? Unless right? you need the cash right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, hold on to that thing for a that's while. That's what I would do. See where you take it. But, you know, he's not going away empty-handed. However, the way they're talking about it, right? Brady said he gave away all of his leverage, right? I mean, bad move by that guy. Brady was so right. Anyone who said, you know, oh, do the right thing, give it back to Tom Brady, give it. Listen to Tom Brady's attitude of it. He would have held on to it, right? So, you know, just to uh, bring full circle part of the conversation we were having yesterday, I, I thought it was interesting. The Bitcoin is a nice sweeten, uh, a sweet thing on top of the pile of stuff that he got from the team. So, I, you know, he made out all right for it. At the end of the day, you're getting all that for, right, um, you know, uh, uh, sheer luck that you yeah. were handed this ball. Right. It happened right in front of you. Uh, so not that bad. There you go. Uh, good how, for the fan there. How much, you know, you hang on to the Bitcoin. We know that will rise in uh, in value. How much do you think those signed items will rise in value over 10, 20 years? Yeah, who knows? I mean, never as much as that ball, though. Yeah, I don't think he's getting half a million dollars. Right. Out of so it'll never be the value of that ball. I'm well, just saying. Uh, never say never. You never know. But, I mean, it's it's not right now the value of the ball. Right. And that we know for sure. So, all right. You know, the fan, he made out all right. And just for anyone, if you're in the situation, you find yourself in that lucky situation. Think about how Tom Brady was talking about the fan. You know, ah, should have held on to the ball. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. what Brady said <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, but, you know, here on BMAS and Beamer, tomorrow we won't be with you. Uh, tomorrow we'll be bringing you at this time the mayoral debate uh, between and we're a week away from Election Day as we are sitting here right now. Uh, the polls will be open all across Erie County, western New York, New York State. But early voting going on right now, of course, starting at noon today. But at this time tomorrow, you'll be hearing the debate between Byron Brown, the mayor, India Walton, the Democrat challenger, and also Ben Carlisle, who's running a writing campaign. Um, he's... I identifies as a Republican in the race. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. All right, Joe. But two write-ins and one who will be on the ballot. Yeah, so only one person on the ballot who's on the stage, but three candidates on that stage, and you're going to hear the debate. It's happening at St. Joe's. I like these debates. I've covered this debate a lot before in the past. I've been there. It is, I mean, there's gives and takes, right, uh, to if it's a good thing or not. I like it because... 
I do feel like better questions are maybe asked <laughs> at the high school debate yep. than maybe a lot of times uh, elsewhere. Because what happens when you have news personalities asking some of the questions is you get a lot of the headline, you get a lot of the flavor, and your your news personalities are maybe more apt to ask a question that is going to, you know, pop the eyeballs, right, of somebody who's watching along. They're on hot-button issues. That will happen. You'll hear some of that tomorrow. But I also think that over what I've seen, you are more likely to get into the weeds a little bit more, which I do think is important if you're really paying attention to a debate. When the students are asking the questions, they have a lot of time to formulate them. I mean, this is kind of like the big project right. for these students over at St. Joe's. I So that's a positive. The negative I found of these debates, and I think setting matters when you take these into effect or into consideration, you have a little bit of, you know, it's a high school audience at the end of the day. Everyone's, you know, very nice. But you, you, the oohs and ahs and, you know, that kind of stuff, a little more than you get at a, another debate audience. Right. And I find a lot that you'll have a couple moments where candidates will try and, and this is good or bad depending on how you look at it, candidates trying to pander to the crowd a little bit, knowing who they're talking to and whether or not they're good at it. <laughs> kind of, you know, it can either sound good for them or it comes off as really like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You didn't really hit the right note Yeah, like in that part. It, it's, it's, it just shows some people can't, don't really uh, are kind of um, – they can't read the room and they don't realize where their limitations are when it comes to reading the room. Uh, but it will be very interesting tomorrow. You know, this, as you said, Brian, it's an every year thing. And I think this might be one of the most watched live um, that they've put on. You know, it's going to be on the air here on, B on WBEN. Uh, it'll be online, and I know some of the local uh, TV stations are carrying it too. So this is getting a lot of attention as we are seven days from Election Day. So I don't doubt you there. This probably will be their most watched in a while. Yes. Uh, the most, although maybe if Chris Collins actually was at the debate, <laughs> for right. his I uh, forgot about seat. that. You're right. That would have been uh, more, uh, you know, a buzzed on, talked about, but he wasn't on right. the stage, so it didn't really pan out that way. But this is probably going to be the most watched. I 803-0930, if you want to weigh in on our Volkswagen Vorch Park text board or give us a call this morning, 803-0930. It's the most watched. I'm, I don't know. I'm struggling to figure out why, though. I think most people tuning into this debate tomorrow are – going to tune in to listen to it almost the same way that you listen to the bills okay right i know who i'm rooting for yes i'm i want one particular outcome i'm going to applaud it for things i like i don't like the other team and that's how i'm taking in this debate i is i don't want to diminish the importance of having this kind of discussion between these candidates or any political candidate, you know, a, a debate for any office anywhere throughout the state or the region. But in this particular instance, I are there really people who are going to vote in this election who are going to be swayed by somebody's words when they say them answering the questions tomorrow on the debate stage? I can't 
think that that is really going to happen. I've been struggling over the last, you know, few hours as we've been talking about this. And, you know, ever since we said that we were going to be airing this debate, I've been struggling to think of who are the voters out there who are still undecided in this race that even though you have two Democrat candidates as your front runners, there has never been a more different picture painted uh, between the two candidates, uh, you know, in a local election, even when it was a Democrat running against a Republican. Uh, it, It just seems like people probably already have their minds made up. So is this the debate you actually want on stage or should it be for something else? where you don't know anything about the candidates. You know, I look at this as well, Brian, and yes, I think a lot of people, and I think that's the case in most elections, they'll turn on the debate and they're rooting for their candidate to have a good showing. Um, and I think that'll be the case tomorrow, as we've seen. If you go on social media, if you if you hear the talk around the town, most people know uh, who they would like to see win this election, who they are voting for in this election. But another thought, as you brought up, Brian, it, they are two Democrats, and I wonder if that, if unlike most elections, we do have more undecided voters at the one-week mark. And I'm not saying it's a substantial number, but do we have more undecided voters now in this election than you would have, say, last year in the presidential election at a week out? Because it is like it, it, they are two Democrat candidates now. Obviously, you have one that is to a far end of the party, another one that is more moderate left candidate. But I do wonder if we have, and again, I'm not saying it's a huge number, but maybe substantial enough to turn the needle one way or another. Do we have more undecided voters at the seven-day, six-day mark for this election than you would have most elections when it is that Democrat versus Republican? I don't think so. I mean, I I think the, the comparison, actually, to last year's presidential election is probably a good one. It, that campaign last year, who was an undecided voter last year? Nobody. Right. I mean, a year before the election, I think most people had their minds of who they were going to vote for. The only thing left was maybe convincing people to actually turn up. up and vote. Right. And maybe that's part of what's going on here. That was my next question. Do you think that's the I, case here? But at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday, you know, and listen, I'm not— uh, this is nothing against St. Joe's. This is when they have their debates. It's right. for the school. Uh, the school is putting this on for the school, for the students, to teach them about the political process. It's us out here who are making this a bigger issue right. in terms of turning this into a focal point in this race. But a debate at 9 o'clock in the middle of the week, I is that something that's going to convince people to go to the polls i don't know and i do think that this is kind of like last year's presidential election where you go into this and i if you don't know who you're voting for listen i nothing against you i'm glad you're making a serious consideration i i just can't imagine that's the case for a lot of people at this point when so much has been made about the two candidates, what their pros and cons are. I mean, you bring in AOC into Buffalo, you're kind of solidifying your base there. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of painting yourself in this, if you like her, you're going to vote for me. If you don't, you don't. And there's not too many people in the middle on AOC. There's not too many people in the middle on India Walton. And I, I, truthfully, this election might be more about her and more about that than it is about 
the mayor himself. Because right. when you look at this, if you're to put on your political analyst hat for a little bit, I, she has kind of drawn the hard line in the sand, and, and you either agree with it or disagree with it. Right, the night after the primary, are you a socialist? Oh, yeah, I'm a socialist. Right. right? And that, that right there, that's the race. Yep. So you're either going to be on her side and be full-throated in your support, or you're not voting that way. And it doesn't matter if it's Byron Brown or Ben Carlisle or, you know, whatever the other name. There is no other name on the ballot. But whatever the other write-in name would be, you're going to lean that direction. Less so because you like that person, you agree with that person, you think that person's great. But I think more so because of your feelings on India Walton, the name that will be on the ballot. Right. And like I said, I don't think it's a lot of people undecided. I just I, I do think but you, you make a good point. You know, she brings in AOC. AOC is one of those people. You are either on the side of AOC or you're not. Um, but do you also think it's, it's funny you say that because I think I think I'm right in saying that, that, you know, AOC, you, you like her or you hate her. Right. But but you have an opinion one way or the other. I think you're right. I don't think that should be true for most people, um, because I don't think most people really know anything about her. They just know like a caricature, and maybe that is her. I mean, you heard some of what she said over the weekend, and that's the rally version. So you're going to get that over the top, right? You know, caricature version of yourself. I, but I think that is the case. You fall on one side or the other, whether you should or not. Um, it just is how we kind of think about that figure. And by connection now, right, that's how we're going to think about India Walton. Right. Um, but you also brought up another point, the 2020 election. And if you have a, if you have a thought on tomorrow's debate, 803-0930, that is the number here at News Radio 930 WBEM. Last year, Brian, as you said, that last debate, was it more to get people to go to the polls than it was to uh, have them pick a side? I don't think that's an issue this this year. I, I think you've got you'll probably have one of the highest turnouts in the city for an off year election. Uh, this is getting a lot of attention, not only here but nationally, and um, I think a lot of people will be going to the polls. I think you're going to see a huge turnout uh, a week from today, or you know, over the next week with early voting. So I'm not sure this debate's going to push someone from sitting at home. To going to the polling place, I do think you are going to ha you have a lot of people enthused, and that also plays into what you said. There's not that many undecided because there have been people that have been getting ready to go to the poll since the day after primary day, or I'm sorry, since the day Byron Brown announced he was going to uh, run a write-in campaign. I just you know I think it's going to be interesting the debate. I think it's going to be worth your time. I think there's, uh, it's going to be entertaining for sure. I just don't know if it's necessary. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, it, all those things can be true at the same time, right? I, I think it can be the right thing to do while having little impact. And again, this debate is so much different than something you'd see at 7.30 at night, right? 9 o'clock at night versus 9 a.m. This is for the student. I mean, this is, in theory more about teaching the students who are in attendance than it is about anyone who's listening in. But people will be listening in. It will be a talking point, I think, for the rest of the campaign to see how the two did on stage, right? 
I, I just don't know if it really has any impact at the end of the day. I'm pretty sure everyone's kind of made up their mind where they uh, think either way on this issue. I, I haven't seen, let's put it this way. You mentioned uh, the talk on social media after, you know, one of these things happens in the race. I've not heard or seen a single comment anywhere of somebody who's wishy-washy, right? That's I mean, true. Every comment you read as it pertains to this race is in support of one candidate or another. You're right. There's nobody who's like, well, you know, she brings up a couple good points, and I'm not sure, but I like this. I, I haven't seen any of that over the last, you know, however many months. Well, not on social media, but we have seen a few politicians try to dodge uh, the question about the <laughs> yeah, mayoral that's, race. That's it. This is, <laughs> we found it. We've solved it. We're done. That's who the debate is for. It's for Governor Hochul. It's for every other politician right. who doesn't know, you know, what they want. Everything's good. You know, whatever you guys We're holding it for them. decide, um, I, I, I'm good with whoever wins. I don't know. You know, anything like that. I, it's up to the voters. I guess this is who the debate is for, right? <laughs> Everyone who's sitting on the fence and they just happen to all be elected officials. Because you're right. You don't see that kind of language on social media when it's brought up. You know, I don't see someone saying, well, I, I see the good points here and the good points there. It is one way or the other. We'd like to know what you think. 803-0930. That is the number. Talking about the debate tomorrow at 915, you won't be hearing your favorite radio show. You'll be hearing the debate live. Uh, Mayor Byron Brown, India Walton, and Ben Carlisle. Your thoughts, 803-0930. We'll be back. It's BMAZ and Beamer on WBEN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can and overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back here. BMS and Beamer on WBEN, where tomorrow you won't be hearing us at this time. You'll be hearing the debate, Buffalo mayoral debate, uh, final one before the polls. I mean, the polls are open right now with early voting. That's right. But it'll be the final one before Election Day, which is a week from today. So Byron Brown, India Walton will be on the stage together. Also Ben Carlisle, which is, you know, you see why it happens but it is a little strange at some point. In a presidential debate, they don't let the third candidate on, right? I mean, it's very rare. You have to go back to Ross Perot to let a third-party candidate right on right. in that presidential debate. Yet they're doing it here. Uh, the last mayoral debate, there was even even more candidates on. And I understand the reason why. There is a value to giving everybody a voice. But at a certain time, do you have to realize or is it up to, I don't know, somebody to just kind of stand up and make the call like, hey, listen, it's going to be one of these two people. Yeah. And we kind yep. of know that. And can we just kind of go forward with hearing from one of these two people? Right. If you want this to be a um, relevant, I mean, it's going to be a relevant debate, but you know what I mean. People are going to tune out anything, and no offense to Ben Carlisle, Ben, I'm sorry, but people are going to tune out your answers. They're looking to see what India Walton says and what Mayor Brown says and what their back and forth is like during the debate. That's what people are tuning in for. Even, Brian, as we said in the first segment, most minds are made up. When you're tuning into this debate, you want to hear how they respond to each other, uh, how Mayor Brown responds to India Walton, especially when she's talking about those policies that are more in line with an AOC, and how India Walton responds to Mayor Brown's criticism of said policies. That's what people are tuning in for. That's what people want to hear. If anything, it probably helps the mayor to have that second voice on stage. Right. Because you have India Walton here who comes at it with kind of a bombastic personality that, quite frankly, the mayor doesn't really have. He's more of a a quiet hand. He never has had that, you know, loud, outgoing personality at any time. I've seen uh, maybe some uh, you saw in the last debate and you saw when he was announcing his decision to go as a writing campaign. You did see a little bit of a fiery side. I think it caught a lot of people off guard yeah, to can't. see him fired up at all. I've never seen candidate Brown like that. Yeah, and you know, you really have not seen it before. So I think if anything, it may help the mayor because you're going to have one personality at least dominating the stage. It might help balance the scale on the other direction. You know what I mean? To uh, to have somebody else on stage with you, even though they are campaigning against you. I do think you brought up an interesting point about. How many people may be undecided? Is it more so than you would think because they're both Democrats? And I think it's, I disagree with that, but I do think you're onto something where I think maybe more people are undecided because of the fact that it is a write in campaign. 
And what I mean by that is when you go to the poll, I mean, how many of these bubbles are people blindly filling in oh, yeah. down the line? I mean, right? How many people just vote down the party line? They Or you maybe have one race that you're following. You know that candidate very well. It doesn't have to be at the top of the ticket. It doesn't have to be for mayor. It doesn't have to be for one of these county seats, a sheriff or comptroller or something else. Maybe it's a local election. But you like this candidate. You know a lot about this candidate. And so you fill in that bubble. And then you, you know, whatever else. Maybe you don't fill anything in, but you just vote along the line. That yes. whatever candidate you like is in there. I do think that there's a lot of that that goes on, which that I think complicates things a little bit. Because no longer are you saying, all right, you know, I'm voting for, uh, you know, the Byron Brown party. I'm doing that. They're both part of the same party. The mayor isn't on the ballot. Does that make a difference when people are there? I mean, I guess that's part of the write-in awareness part of the campaign. And that's where a lot of the money has been spent on write-down Byron Brown, on stamps that they're handing out outside polling uh, areas. I mean, a lot of the money is, hey, remember, his name will not be on that ballot when you get your ballot inside. And, and people are chiming in right now, right? I mean— Someone saying, I, I vote down the conservative line. If there's no conservative, I go to the Republican line. And it's the names don't even matter. Right. I mean, you, you could have, um, I, you could probably put India Walton on the conservative line, same person, same values, same platform. Oh, I don't doubt that. There would be a whole bunch of people who would say, all right, yeah, conservative line, India Walton, let's go. No, don't, I don't know anything about her. I don't know she identifies as a uh, uh, socialist, so, democratic socialist. Oh, I'm sorry, right. Uh, but, you know, she's on the line that I vote for, and I'll do it that way. I think maybe there is some of the undetermined aspect of it, uh, of, well, hey, hang on a second. It, I thought Byron Brown was the Democrat. Right. right? I, right? Democrat it, Mayor Byron Brown. I'm writing him down. Does that mean he's not the Democrat anymore? I usually vote for all the Democrats, right? I, maybe there is some of that. Other than that, I kind of think everybody's made their mind up already. I, I, Brian, I agree. I think most people have. My thought is, unlike other elections, because of what you said, it, they are two Democrats, maybe more than usual, which is not a big number. You know, I mean, we, we know the undecideds are less and less every election cycle. But I do have a question for the person that just texted this in, uh, because always write down the conservative line and their backup is the Republican line. So texter, hopefully you're still listening. What would your um, how would you vote in Amherst when the Democrat Brian Culpa is on the conservative line? If your backup is Republican, are you voting for Democrat conservative Culpa? Or are you going to go up to Republican? Because to me, that that's two different mindsets on two uh, on the same line. That's how I view something like that. I'd be interested to know what that texter th would think of something like that. Why, if you're on the ballot, you got a puncher's chance. It almost doesn't matter how much campaign. If you're on there, people vote down one party line. You might a, have that opportunity in a local election. That's not like this year, where you don't know most of the names. Um, would you, if you were a candidate, try to get on every party line you could? Like, you do. That's yeah. what that's what you do. Right. I mean, that's how campaigning works uh, right now. That's what every candidate does. Pat, in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. Do you already have your mind up going in, uh, made, mind made up? Jeez, excuse me. Going into tomorrow's debate? Yes, I do. Because I pay attention to what the candidates are saying. I pay attention to past performances of candidates that have been in uh, uh for 15 years and, and what they, they show. 
So, Pat. My mind's made up. All right, Pat, your mind's made up. Are you watching the debate or listening to the debate then tomorrow? Oh, no, no. See, that that, uh, that debate, they're not going to hit the real questions that should be answered. And I'd like to say, for an example, Mayor Brown said the first thing right off the top that India was going to deplete the, the police force. Well, everybody's forgotten that when Mayor Brown first took office the first year time, the first thing he depleted was the traffic patrol division and forced other officers to, to take that responsibility. And it's been a flop because these police officers don't have time to do traffic patrol. You, you don't, Pat, you don't think that they're going to ask about police? I'm just saying that he used that as, as, as a, a, a debate issue, and that's wrong. And the fact that Higgins and Mayor Brown the past three terms, oh, we're going to do, we're going to build up Main Street, make it look like it is. Main Street, mind you. Main Street looks like a disaster. You only got Rite Aid in the pizza shop in the main place mall. Well, you don't have the you don't have the pizza shop in the main place mall anymore. Pat, appreciate the call. I, we're getting a little off topic there. We're getting off topic, but I would like to know and um, something like that. And Pat, or maybe someone could text in the answer to this. It, you know, if your issue is that Mayor Brown depleted the traffic sector of the police, is your answer to then elect India Walton so she can just take take away more officer positions? I, I don't get that argument. Um, but thank you, Pat, for the call. We'll go to Sam. Sam, you're on WBEN. Uh, what's on your mind? Are you? Well, I first should ask: Are you voting in this uh, election? Because only if you live in the city of Buffalo are you voting on who the mayor is. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm in Williamsville, but I'm closely following it. You know, and I think it's important as to who who the mayor is. But the uh, uh, but my my only concern, and I think from what I've heard from other people in the community, is. Uh, the, the blanket support that India Walton has uh, accomplished, uh, you know, given her lack of experience and her checkered background. And it, it's puzzling to me that, you know, where, where did all the principled, centered uh, political people go? Uh, you know, I mean... What else did she need to do in her background uh, for her to basically personify that she's not qualified to be a mayor? You know, Sam, I you can say the exact same thing right on the other side of the aisle about the former president, right? Donald Trump runs for office. He has no experience in a political office. People would say the same thing, yet he gathered broad support because he fired up a whole bunch of people who believe that they were not being listened to by the current people in power. And I think you're seeing a very similar thing in the India Walton campaign. Yeah, but he had, you know, he had a pretty broad business background, you know, and with billion-dollar companies as a CEO uh, and had managed infrastructures throughout his life. Uh, there's a big difference there. Uh well, Sam, before we let you go, let me ask you something. Are you going to be listening to this debate tomorrow? I, I probably will. Uh, I listened to the first one, and uh, 
it was, and I really think that actually this high school format will probably be better than the previous format. And I, I got to tell you, I, I thought the previous one was really poorly done. Um, I don't know if you if you watched it. But no, we saw, I mean, I think that's just the kind of uh, you know more candidates on the stage. More uh, the focus is on two people, and I think as a viewer and as a voter. That's where you want the focus on is who you're making the choice in between. I appreciate the call and the listen, Sam. I I think it's interesting. So there's Sam calling in from Williamsville. Plenty of thoughts on the Buffalo mayoral race. He watched the entire debate last time around. He's going to listen to the debate tomorrow. The debate that's happening tomorrow is more entertainment for people who aren't even voting in the election than it is a means to get people to learn a little bit more about the candidates that they could be voting for. Am I wrong on that? No, you're you're you're, you're right. I, I I mean, I, this is obviously going to get a lot of listeners outside the city who aren't even voting. Um, more to see, you know, where this where the candidates, as I said, go back and forth on their on their different policies. Mostly India Walton and Byron Brown. But Sam also hit on something. You know, India Walton also for the Democrat Party, and she deserves all the credit for running a primary campaign when the current mayor decided he wasn't going to run a campaign. Um, but it's also, as with Donald Trump, it is someone who doesn't have that political experience. They're not someone who's, uh, you know, close with all these politicians, even though, you know, she's bringing some into campaign for. But it's obviously India Walton is where. There are, there are Democrats want to go the party to that that far left, and she signifies the party going left, and um, that's why you see this money coming in. Um, it, it's not so much about her. It's about the policies she supports, and it's a push from people like AOC, um, Cynthia Nixon, to see, hey, can we have a city in the state of New York be led by someone to that side of the progressive and build off of that. And then you have your moderate Democrats like Byron Brown, um, and he signifies the party kind of staying where it is. On our text board, 803-0930, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, someone's saying, did you really compare Walton to Trump? Of course. I mean, if you're looking at this and you take your emotion, whatever you think about either of those two out of the picture, it's the exact same idea, right? The policies are not relevant to this comparison. They might be different policies. The campaign is the same idea. Who are people who supported the former president, especially at the get-go and then feverishly through his presidency, right? It's people who spent eight years under an Obama administration feeling like, hey, I'm not being listened to, right? This is not going the way that I thought it was going to go. I, I'm looking for something, anyone from the outside who's not part of Washington, who's not part of the political system, uh, who might be able to help me out, who looks like they're listening to me. What does that sound like? That is exactly the same campaign that's being run by India Walton to uh, what seems like, I, I don't know, do you look at the pictures? Do you look at lawn signs? Do you, I, I guess the final poll and the only one that matters is going to be tallied next week. Uh, around, you know, uh, exactly a week and 12 hours or from right now. But that's the exact same strategy that India Walton has used. Listen, you have somebody who's been in here for a long time, all of uh, Buffalo who has felt that they have not been helped by the current administration. I'm here for you guys. Uh, that's the Walton campaign. That was the Trump campaign. I'm the outsider who's coming in to shake things up 
It's the same words. It's different policies. I understand. But yeah, it's the exact same campaign. And it's the exact same way, whether you are on the fringe of the party in the Republican side, you're on the fringe of the party in the Democrat side. That's how you try to win an election. And just because we're talking about a different side of the aisle, right, uh, it, it doesn't mean that the strategy is any different. That's what you're seeing out of India Walton. It w- ran to some great success in the primary, obviously uh, winning that, that nobody thought would happen. You look at what happened in the presidential election, nobody thought that that would happen with right. uh, President Trump until eventually it became it is going to happen. And now we see if she can take it to the majority of the city, right? We had the numbers for you earlier this morning. Already about a quarter of the people who voted in the primary a few months ago have voted during just three days of early voting. And early voting doesn't, you know, have as many people voting as actual election day. So you already have a quarter of the people who voted in the primary voting here. So over a much larger turnout, not going to say it's going to be a huge turnout, but a much larger turnout than you had on primary day, can that momentum carry over? That was the question for Trump. It's going to be the question for Walton coming up next week. And again, yes, take the policies out uh, out of the equation. You have 2016 Republicans um, nationally were not happy with the direction of their party, and they saw a refreshing voice in Donald Trump. Same thing happened in this primary. People want a more to the left Democrat party, and I'm not saying a majority of people, but the people who were enthused to go to the polls in the primary, will those people be able to, to, to multiply by two or three because you are going to have that bigger turnout because you actually have the other candidate running a campaign well, this time? What the real question is, is so in the presidential election in 2016, you had a lot of people who were watching and hanging on these debates Yes. Who were not sold on the current president or excuse me, on uh, the former president, Trump, who may have turned that way. Right. And watching the debates and hearing a little bit of what uh, each candidate had to say. And that might have been a turning point in that debate. Can you say the same thing about what's going to go on in Buffalo? Are there enough people in the city of Buffalo who are going to be tuning in tomorrow who might be, say, leaning one way, in this example, it would be leaning toward the current mayor, and then are going to be swayed by something said on the debate stage to change their vote. And I don't think that's really going to be the case. I don't see that happening in this debate. Yeah, with all of the attention that's given, I mean, the presidential debate you're talking about, I mean, it's like, Sunday night football when the bills are on. Everybody's watching, and uh, there's tons of votes all throughout America that are hinging on some of the words that are said at that debate. Even if it's not the majority, it might be enough to matter. Is that true here in Buffalo tomorrow? No. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. Maybe there are enough undecided voters. I just think the differences between the two candidates have been... So maybe they've been exaggerated to a little bit, but they've been so uh, spelled out during the course of the campaign. The two candidates have been, even though they are the same party, they have not uh, been treated or painted as the same person whatsoever. So I I think there is a clear distinction to make here. And I kind of think most of the people have already made up their minds. And what are are you left with? Entertainment. You're left with the Bills game. And you're, I th- you're left with people from Williamsville watching and listening to a debate that they can't even vote in the election. 
I do think it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm not sure if it will shift the needle. As I said, I do think there are people who are undecided just because it's two Democrats, uh, but I don't think that number is enough to shift the needle. This will be interesting tomorrow. It'll be interesting how they respond to each other, uh, but I think... Brian, a week from tomorrow is uh, what will be the most interesting when we finally get those uh, get those votes tallied and see um, see what the turnout was. Because I do think you're going to have a higher than usual, and that's not saying much for an off year election, a higher than usual turnout. So it'll be a very interesting week in what has been a very interesting and uh, different uh, mayoral race, as you have the incumbent running as a write-in, and you have his challenger uh, getting the support of his party. I, I don't think it's going to be that interesting of a week. I think we, most people have already made up their mind. Whatever they say on there, it's not going to surprise if you've been following along. The interesting number to me, we'll give them to you every morning. How many people are heading to the polls? How many people are yep. turning out? It was a very small number. Uh, that is credited with uh, India Walton's victory, right? It was a low turnout election. It was easier for someone who a lot of people haven't heard of before to win. What happens when that number is multiplied? That's what's interesting to me. Right. It'll be an interesting week as we see those numbers come in. It's 9.57. We will uh, not be back. The debate will be on. This debate we've been talking about tomorrow, 9.15, right here on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.